Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, guys? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, just me and Elliot, and we go over the pros and cons of social media and all kinds of other duck-related content. So let's jump right into the podcast. Uh, we're live. What's going on? <laughs> another day. I'm excited. We that took that week off, and I've been excited about this all day. Yeah, you see what I uh, what I did on the off week? <laughs> What'd you do? Uh, I live streamed while I was turkey hunting. Oh yeah, I, I I didn't watch all of it. I jumped around on it. Um, yeah. So you went you went live, um, for like what twenty eight minutes on your turkey hunt, right? Yep. So would you mind just giving a little rundown on how that went? Yeah, I mean. Uh, it was harder than I thought. I mean, cause <laughs> it's not like I, I wasn't like just set up. Um, so I got in this field and I went live. I can't remember if I knew the Turkey was there or not when I went live, I was just planning to go live at seven, but there was a Turkey across from me in the field. And so, you know, I'm live on my phone. Um, and then I'm trying to like sneak around, like crawl around with my decoy and the phone and like get set up. And anyways, I just did that for like 30 minutes and, uh, the Turkey never came in. <laughs> he just stood across from the field and, full strut and uh yeah so what was your I, I, what was your takeaway from it is that something you'll do again um well one thing that i was worried about is data because like uh everybody has like a cell phone data cap i don't have unlimited so um for 30 minutes is like 0.3 gigs so you can like for an hour you're talking one gig so i mean maybe it just depends on my cell phone data uh, yeah. and i think it'll be easier like for duck hunting you could just be like first light there's gonna be lots of action you know just take 30 minutes or an hour and go live on a hunt you know that's gonna be sweet and i think if you had someone else with the phone yeah that too and not just trying to do it yourself because i did see a good patch of just black on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, my uh, camera, for whatever, stopped it stopped uh, streaming. So, like, just audio is streaming for a while, and I don't know why. Um, I think somewhere when I, like, switched back and forth between, you know, the front camera and the back camera, because, you know, you can do the front-facing one to the back-facing one. Mm-hmm. So, somewhere in that, uh, I had it airing out on me for whatever reason. So, here's what I've been playing around with the idea, and I don't know if I will do this or not, but there's this kind of new trend called slow TV. And it's filming things in real time and it's coming out of, I think it's Sweden or Norway's doing it. And some of the episodes are actually on, on Netflix. Um, like they have a train ride, a three hour train ride where they've got a <laughs> camera in the front or they have like a knitting club, you know, mm-hmm. it's, they're calling it slow TV and, and, and the, the train ride has gotten millions of views. And I actually watched, I had it playing in my classroom one day, just the sound down. It was mesmerizing. For and so I was thinking, what if I tried that concept of slow TV just on a duck hunt? Yeah. Where you just set up a camera and just let it run. And I don't know, anyone that wanted to tune in could tune in and just, just let it go. Hmm. Worth it a shot, yeah. Worth a shot. 
I, I, I definitely, I, I like your idea though. I, I would love to try the live stream thing. I did live stream on Instagram last year during one hunt and I actually had to put the phone down and <laughs> shot a duck. That's and, pretty and cool. Yeah. Action did happen and it was pretty fun. It was nice. pretty fun. So I certainly would like to see more of that. And that, that whole topic kind of plays into the whole social media theme we're going to be talking about tonight. As, you know, I think that there's people that, you know, like if they knew that every Saturday morning freelance duck hunting was going to be um, broadcasting their hunt, people, some people would just turn it on and go about their, like a baseball game, you know? Yeah. You just put it on and you go about your business. And I, I would, I would do it. If I was working or something and I had a TV in the room, I'd put on your hunt like a real time. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would, yeah. That, I mean, talk about connecting. That would be cool. Yeah. You know, another thing since, uh, um, you're kind of on that subject that, uh, I think that you could benefit from is doing Instagram stories. That's kind of like my new favorite thing I've been doing recently. Um, just tons of Instagram stories. It's kind of like what you're saying. It's almost like semi live, you know, cause you're like, pull it out during the hunt, you pull your phone out and then you're like, you talk about what happened. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. I, I do need to do that. Now that's that's just anytime you record a video and post it, right? Or is it live as no, you no, do no. It? It's a quick video and then post it? Or yeah, it's it uh, so it's 15 seconds. Um, I think you can use like old videos. I know you can, so you can use old videos. Um, but like a, a lot of people just do it the live way. So like when I'm doing it, um, you know, I'm out on the hunt, and you just hold down your your side button on your camera, and you're like, "Hey guys, out at the blind," you know, like <laughs> you know, whatever. And it's 15 seconds. And if you want to do more than that, you just do another story. So you just yeah. make it little 15 second clips, but the um, one that reasons the other, right? Like if you do two, then the first, the previous one is deleted or does it, it can't no, no, no. you can see them up to 24 hours unless you save them. Then the highlights, you can save highlights on your Instagram page. So I like have some highlights from like my first two hunts, I think mm-hmm. that I saved in Instagram stories. Like I'm just new at, at doing this, but, uh, yeah. Okay. So, can, so, so if I did like five, 15 seconds in a row, they would all be on there simultaneously. Yep, yep, and they'd be in order. And so, like, let's say you went on a hunt, and so you're like, hey, guys, I'm out at the parking lot, you know, waiting on Golden Boy. Ho- hope he gets here on time, you know, like, and then. Yeah, uh, I got to start doing that. Good good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. yeah, I think it's Patreon, a good way. Patreon has something called Lens that's very similar to that as well that I've been needing mm-hmm. to, to get a grasp on and get going. Yeah, I've well. heard that uh, YouTube's going to have their own thing called YouTube Reels that's going to be similar to the story type deal, which yeah, I well, I'd like things all... to be. Go ahead, go ahead. I'd like things to be kind of housed in one space because sometimes it's, you know, a little cumbersome to go between like multiple different platforms for everything. Well, challenge laid down. I'm gonna start doing stories. It's stupid that I haven't been doing it. All right, I got I got to get going. I'm not that great at Instagram, quite honestly. I, I, I'm really not. I love YouTube and doing YouTube, but Instagram. I, I, I like to just do it when I feel like it, but I need to get a little more intentional. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think it'll benefit you good. And I'll, and I'll be interested to see him, you know, just like you're saying, it's like the live thing, except for it's just 15 se- second segments. And then people are like, Oh, I can't wait for that video to come out. Cause I know he got a limit on Saturday yeah. and I watched, you know, the previews, you know, four previews through it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. For sure. Going to start doing it. I'm going to start doing it right now. Not this moment, not this second. Maybe I should do it right now. Yeah, this, I'll do one right now. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Just go, go ahead and 
Tell people to join us. Got some people jumping in here. Chance and uh, somewhere in Wisconsin. So he wouldn't come on with us, but he'll come and talk. Come on. (laughs) Come on, Wisconsin. Doing uh, the YouTube podcast live stream right now. It's on uh, Freelance's channel, Freelance Duck Hunting. So come check us out. Mason Patterson. How's it going? Cody Wolf. (laughs) Got a few. A few people dropping in. Well, let's get this thing rolling. All right. Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So I guess we'll start recording the podcast here. What's going on, guys? Thanks for joining us again. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host alongside me today, Elliot or Greybeard or uh, <laughs> Chef Boy RD, <laughs> whatever you want to call him, a man of many names. <laughs> How you doing today? I like Greybeard. That's, I, I, both of those are good. I like both of those. Greybeard or Chef Boyardee. Yeah. Both of those are cool. <laughs> um, so what uh, what have you been up to lately? I went on my first turkey hunt on Sunday. I finally got out and, and went on a turkey hunt. And here, this is this is somewhat typical of my life non-duck hunting. Okay, so here's how this turkey, turkey hunt went, right? All right, so I'm going to go scout at this public marsh and I know back around behind the public marsh um, there's been a lot of birds and um, so my, my whole idea is to sneak in there and just try to scout things out for the morning so I saw three or four turkeys um, from the parking lot like when I pulled in and they took off into the woods so I'm like okay I know there's at least some right there so I'm walking down this marsh and it's pretty much dry except for a few little potholes of water and every little every little pothole of water I, re, I get to uh teal are flushing from right <laughs> so I'm, I'm already distracted i'm already like okay i'm already thinking ducks now so um i i get towards the back of the marsh and i see a, a turkey out in the field and i'm like i couldn't it was so far away i couldn't tell if it was a hen or a jake but i thought it might be a jake so i belly crawled up to the dike I peeked over the dike and it was gone. I was like, okay, so I wasn't good enough at sneaking. Obviously <laughs> that didn't go well. So I walked around the back and I saw, um, an old blind that someone had made, um, out in the marsh. I'm like, yo, you can't do that. You can't in Kansas. You cannot build a, mar- build a blind and leave it there. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to go over and investigate that. So I went over and investigated it. And the next thing you know, I'm wandering around in the marsh, figuring out where I'd want to set up. I could, you know, it smelled like a marsh, you know? Yep. And there was, and, and it was a little bit cool. And so I, I was no longer turkey hunting. <laughs> I was just <laughs> wandering around the marsh, lo- watching the teal come and fly around and figuring out. You're making out, plans corn- for September. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. So my one turkey hunt within an hour and a half turned into a early May scouting, <laughs> waterfowl scouting trip. Nice. That's still fun though. You know, just getting out there. It was. It was. It was. And this is a cool little marsh. I've only... Um, I've never hunted it and they're planting corn in it this year and they added a pump and clear in the very back end of this pool they're putting corn in and it's probably a mile and a half walk and um, there's no way you can get any boats in there unless you portage them which we are very adept at mm-hmm. portaging our boats so I'm like okay if we get our boats all the way back in here and there's corn no place to hide we could very possibly have this whole back section of, of flooded corn hopefully theoretically to ourselves yeah so yeah that that was my my turkey hunt quickly turned into a waterfowl adventure 
Nice. Nice. And I didn't go back out the next morning. I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> well, I guess I'll give a little preview on my, uh, my turkey hunt then so far this season. So I went out opening day, um, and went with my dad he got a turkey, um, uh, made a video for that. Uh, pretty good one. I think <laughs> it turned out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I passed up a chance to just, uh, get a double then cause I wanted to get one with a bow and I've been regretting it ever since because I haven't had any success so far. So I've gone out, um, spot and stock using the, the bow fan, um, mount and, uh, you know, got within 50 yards. Then I set up kind of ambush style with the, the mount, the, the fan mount in my bow again, 50 yards, which I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to shoot a turkey at 50 yards. Some people can, I'm, uh, not a good enough archer. I don't think to shoot 50 yards. So same thing. And then I've set up in my blind, I've had turkey within 50 yards or around 50 yards. Um, I think four or five times now. So if I had a shotgun, I'd be done, but I've been trying to get it with my bow, but season's running out. I got till Sunday to get it done. And, uh, <laughs> you, better, you better pull your shotgun out, man, I, at this point, five I think days so. left. You need I do. I'm see. I'm 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 really split on that because I want to because I want to get a turkey, but almost like the principle of the thing. Like I've tried so hard to get it with a bow. You know what's going to happen as soon as I pull up my shotgun. I'll be sitting in my blind, and the turkeys are going to come into ten yards right on the decoys. <laughs> well, maybe you could try to bring them both. That's true. That's true. And that way, if you only get it at fifty, and then you you know pull out the take shotgun. it with your shotgun. Yeah. Well, he, here's here's the deal, man. I mean, this is only your second second year turkey hunting and it seems like it's been pretty easy for you so far that's not always how it is <laughs> so i think you have to decide am i willing to to not shoot a turkey this year if you're willing to not shoot a turkey this year then you better get your shotgun out <laughs> but if you're willing if you're like i'm okay with not shooting a turkey then go then go, keep going with your bow yeah so that's the question are you willing to not shoot a turkey i don't know i don't know i know that i will be I mean, yeah, I'll probably be, you know, <laughs> sad you're if I, not, if I I'll don't. For you, you're not willing. No, nah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> See, the, your I don't know right now is prefaced with optimism. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a week from now, if you don't have a turkey, you will be saying, I should have picked up my shotgun. Probably. But so. I don't know. There's just something like about shooting it with a bow. Like, you have to, I don't know. It feels like you got to earn it. And it just means, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just have to be willing to not shoot a turkey if you try that. <laughs> I'm probably 0 for 20 on, or 30, or maybe even 40 on turkey hunts trying with a bow. So, yeah, I know the whole don't shoot a turkey with a bow thing. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah. hard to get them that close, especially we, when we were doing it, it was in the fall a lot. And it's harder to get them close in the fall because they don't they don't care about you know mating. They don't they're you know unless they're just curious. But it's not like in the spring where they just come running, try yeah, to peck the eyes out of a decoy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So did you see um, my first episode of Hunter the Turkey Slayer? Oh, yeah, I did see that. That's pretty cool. Uh, that little kid, man, I'm pumped about these videos. Uh, um, the next one that's coming out Thursday, these two, these two Toms come up and are trying to literally trying to peck the eye out of their decoy. I mean, uh -huh. it's pretty cool. Cause um, now it's not that high quality of video. Cause Jason doesn't have that expensive of equipment, but um, literally the Turkey that Hunter shoots is pecking right on the eyeball and trying to 
peck its eye out. So the phrase, you know, peck your eye out is, I think, <laughs> derived from turkeys and chickens because that thing on that decoy, they were trying to take its eye out. It was, it's a pretty cool little video, but um, I'm so thrilled that, that my friend Jason gave me this content of his son Hunter and the birds he's killed at his seven, eight, nine-year-old years because it's given me really good, quick content. Yeah, nice. So I'm, I'm pumped about, I'm pumped about releasing the last three of those i've pretty much gotten them done coming out weekly or Mo- uh, monday thursday monday thursday nice so i got another the, and then i may i may have hunter on for like a little interview or something i don't know i'm kind of he's a cool little kid <laughs> nice he's our he's killed more turkeys more bigger turkeys than in his little 10 year old life than i have in my 45 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's probably enough from us about turkeys. Let's jump on to uh, the main topic of the podcast. Um, today's topic, we'll be talking about social media, kind of the benefits of it, um, pros and the cons, because you can't have the good without the bad. Um, so, yeah, I guess, uh, do you want to start us off with that, Elliot? Well, I think that it's important. I- I've listened to several people discuss this topic recently. I know Dr. Duck um talked about it and then the HMP are listening to a uh, the podcast where they were discussing us it's kind of a trendy topic to talk about a little bit and I, I but what I don't think they ever do is define what they mean by social media so let, let's give a definition of exactly what we're talking about are we talking about Instagram Twitter Facebook are we including YouTube into that are we talking does forums count as social media what specifically? When, when you say hunting and social media, are we going to define that as? I guess I'd consider everything, everything that's uh, any type of media, which, you know, that would be pictures, video, anywhere where they're housed. Um, yeah. I, I would consider, yeah, anything. So all YouTube videos would, would be in, in that range. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, when you put, I guess if it's media, it's just everything, because I would include like magazines and all that. But, um, but when you say social media, I guess it does kind of narrow it down to a more... Yeah. Um, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that's so Snapchat, YouTube. Yeah, I'd consider okay. YouTube part of that. Because I, th- I think there's a big difference between like someone posting YouTube videos and guys uh, posting kill shots on Facebook, you know. So um, I think there's a difference between those two things. But I, th- I think um, it's really interesting the conversations going on about social media and hunting and some people hate it and some people love it and is it productive or is it harmful and and i i don't know what 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 are your initial i'm still kind of trying to feel it out i guess i'm trying to feel out what are people saying and is that accurate and you know i'm not really sure where i land on on this topic right now yeah i mean it's definitely both it's definitely good it's definitely bad um I mean, there's some bad parts to some good parts. Um, I, I mean, I'd say the good parts, you know, you can think about last, uh, maybe it was two years ago now, where, what, what was it, Bill 622, um, where they're trying to repurpose like 4 million acres of public land that they thought um, wasn't useful anymore um, to, you know, the public. But, you know, uh, you know who's that useful to? Are they you know, the people in the government saying it's not useful to them or it's useful to somebody most likely. Um, but you know, uh, you could see like a huge push from social media. That's where the hashtag keep it public comes from. 
Um, and everybody pushed together and they stopped that bill from being yeah. passed. And so that public land remained. And that was largely due to um, people on social media. So you can see examples like that being, uh, you know, a pro of social media. Um, but, you know, you can see cons and like um, just to the way like uh, just the way some some pictures are portrayed where where hunters are shown in a bad light. And if they're seen by non-hunters or anti-hunters, however you want to say it, um, it's just not good representation. And so everybody being able to have like a voice and and being able to, you know, you want you want uh, I guess like good ambassadors for our sport, and that's not always shown through social media. Um, you yeah, kind of kind of like that. Uh, there there's a, a turkey picture. Um, you guys might have seen it from earlier this week where. Maybe it was last week where uh, there was a face paint product and they had face they put face paint all over the turkey and um, you know it was a bigger face paint company and you know they posted it on their social media and something like that you know it's just not showing hunters in a good light because that's disrespectful for the animal it's disrespectful to the kill um, you know so that that can be shown as bad because that can be used as ammunition against hunters in the future. So what took place is someone shot a big gobbler and they got out their face paint because you showed me this picture beforehand and I had not seen it until you showed it to me and they um, colored all over the turkey's face with the face paint and then took a close-up right and then the company mm -hmm. thought it was cool so they because they were using their product and they put it up on their social media right yeah. and then and luckily was there they... backlash because you yeah. said they pulled it down yeah there was enough backlash from hunters that uh, they pulled it down but I mean, the thing they say about the internet, the internet's forever. So, I mean, I, I could go find it. I found it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not gone just because they pulled it down. So I think for, because some people listening to this, obviously the person that took it didn't find it offensive. So give your best case for why that would be negative for hunting and offensive for someone to kind of defame a dead animal with face paint. Yeah. So, I mean... I think sometimes as hunters, you can become somewhat desensitized to um, what we're doing. And, and we are taking a life. When you go hunting and you hunt an animal and you shoot it, you're taking a life. And that's something that we need to respect. You know, something that should be respected is the animal that we're harvesting or killing, however you want to say it. Um, but um, in that case, you know, when they post it on social media and somebody who is not familiar with hunting sees that, and sees what someone did to a turkey after they killed it, they're not going to see that in a positive light. Yeah, it's, it's almost to me, and I'm, I'm with you, I find that to be, um, I don't know if offensive is the right word, I find it to be disrespectful. Yeah. Um, it's like parading a dead corpse, um, in a sense. Um, you know what I mean? Like if you're in war and you really want to humiliate your enemy, what do you do? You Like in the in the old West, they used to put them, I'm in coffins on doors, you know, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's just, it's disrespectful in, in the respect of, do you actually have any kind of emotions and feeling of value towards the life of what you're harvesting or not? And a lot of, even if you don't, there's a lot of people that do, there's a lot of people that don't understand why we would ever want to take the life of anything ourselves. Um, and this is only, I actually watched them from the meat hunter or meat eater rather last night where he was fielding a question from a vegan and it was fascinating. Um, and, Oh man, I just lost my train of thought and I was just rolling with what I was saying. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> the meat eater, the vegan. Yeah. And it's like, do you find their life to be worthy at all? And most, oh, I know what to say. Most people um, are so far removed from the actual kill that the general, uh, many, 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 many people will find out that you hunt, think it's disgusting and awful as they're eating their cheeseburger. Yeah. And, and the reason is in, in the culture that we live in, and this is only in the last 150 years, 200 years, in the culture that we live in, we are so far removed from the actual kill that the thought of seeing of killing an animal, seeing and killing an animal is absurd and, and horrifying to people because we're removed from it. So if, if you're going to shoot a turkey and then color all over its face and slap it on social media, you're inviting people to not like hunting. You're inviting people to think poorly of hunters and and that's whether you think it's wrong or not just from a just from a common sense of public relations aspect something like that is just not smart to do um and the farther our society gets removed from um killing animals the more careful we have to be with how we how we portray it and then on the other hand when i kill a life um sometimes i'll stop and think about so you go from the mating act and you think about all the chemistry that takes place with all the formation of the cells and the struggle from the, from the moment that that egg, if it's a bird is hatched all, everything that has to take place for that animal to get to the point where you can harvest it. It is a finely tuned complex machine, that organism. And when you just end that life, that's not something that I take lightly at all. It's something I take very, very seriously. So then to go and, you know, uh, desecrate the corpse and put it on social media is is disrespectful in in that respect too i guess i'd say yeah yeah now there's definitely a lot of things that can be said about it um but yeah i think the same thing goes for you know anything that we put on um youtube or instagram and the thing is it's just everybody now everybody has a voice because everybody can put it on instagram and any post can can go viral any video you put can go viral so you have to be you know uh, just careful, you know, to be a good ambassador for the sport. And, and we do have, we, go ahead. I'm sorry. And we have a lot of, you know, uh, the people that watch our stuff, um, or that are in our chat right now, you know, a lot of them are creators, you know, and I think we all, you know, uh, ourselves included, obviously have this responsibility, um, to put a good light on hunting because I mean, uh, you know, I was kind of unaware of the fact that um, I guess, you know, where I grew up, I grew up in the country, you know, like you just don't really hear it until, you know, um, I work in, in an office with, um, uh, people who aren't around it, who don't grow up around it. And, you know, for me, I didn't necessarily grow up hunting, you know, I did it with my grandpa here and there. So I was, I was, um, exposed to it, but my hunting, um, obsession as you might might want to say has been more, um, you know, what people might call like adult, adult onset hunting where uh it didn't happen till i was in my 20s and um but people who aren't exposed to it their whole life uh you know i think it just we just have to be careful how it is displayed to them so one one negative that we've established on social media is that hunters can make mistakes in what they post which can create a public relations problem right yep and i think that um, I'm old enough now that I've seen this happen firsthand, and this is definitely more more true now than it was when I was in my 20s. But public perception can change in a matter of a year. 
And there are lots of cyber anti-hunters that are lurking around to try to change public opinion about hunting. And I'm of the belief that with enough switch in public uh, perception, you could really see, and especially with gun control and all that, I mean, who's to say within 15, 20 years that we don't have such finely tightened restrictions on what we do that they even market us out of financially being able what we do or i mean if you, if you look at let me give you an example if you look at smoking all right now in the 50s 50 percent of people smoked i which is a crazy number of adults it was like 50 percent 50 percent and it was glamorized by the movies and and clear up into when i when i was in high school in the late 80s we had a student smoking section and you had to have your parents sign off on it and you could go and smoke during lunch and this was late 80s right early 90s um at an elementary school only five years before i worked there the school nurse smoked in her office now within like a three-year span from like 95 to 2000 smoking went from it's okay for a school nurse to smoke in her office to you are a social leper if you smoke and it's banned in all restaurants i mean in five years it switched like that yeah. and the reason i bring up that point is if we are not good stewards on social media with how we present hunting if you don't think that the public opinion can turn on us in a dime and they can start making tight regulations like what they do to try to stop smoking they raised the taxes so ridiculously high that you know a lot of people couldn't even couldn't even afford to smoke now i'm not pro smoking at all but my point is is that public opinion can change things really really fast so if we're going to be disrespectful with how we're portraying things um on social media then we're, we're playing with fire yeah and i would say like the the um the perspective of the public already is taking a shift towards a negative view of hunters. Um, and you can Absolutely. see examples like that with, uh, I can't remember if we talked about this on, on this channel or if we just talked about it um, sometime when we weren't live, but uh, the, uh, I can't remember his name, Bomar, I can't remember his first yeah, name. Yeah, we talked about it, the spear. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we talked about it. So he speared okay. a bear um, on YouTube, on video, and it didn't go viral for a couple of years. So, and but this guy is uniquely has a uh, he's uniquely gifted in the ability of throwing a spear because he was a, a collegiate um, javelin thrower so mm -hmm. um, you know and he killed the bear clean kill um, I mean but some of the stuff they you know could have been a little less gory I mean I know I, I don't know where to fall on this exactly but um, I thought it was fine I didn't think there was anything wrong with it he was trained he had I mean he got it up he, he killed that bear it was a clean kill shot yeah yeah, and the thing about bears is that non-hunters don't understand the bears, and yeah. and it's just mm -hmm. uh you know no one wants to see Winnie the Pooh get you know killed or whatever yeah. you know any kind of Disney type character that they see they don't see the bear and the meat and and that kind of stuff and that's why all that stuff is important to to be able to show you know the the good and the positive from that. Absolutely. And um, my dad's saying on air talking about the beauty of the bird as a positive. So in the, in the reverse, um, portraying yourself as ethical and how you act and, and the pictures that you post and the videos that you post, it it's going to do just the opposite. And you can start actually swaying 
public opinion the mm-hmm. other direction yep. as well. So let, let me give another negative um, that I think um, is is a problem is that when all you see is people with piles and, and limits on, especially on Instagram, Facebook, it creates a false reality for new people into the sport. So there's a big influx, at least I've not seen numbers of this. I'm under the impression there's a big influx of guys in their early 20s who don't have any training on the wave of uh, Duck Dynasty and all the pictures on social media getting into waterfowl hunting. And if we portray that it's all about a limit and all you're doing is shooting limits, then then they're they're going about um, it gives them a false reality of what it's about and they're not happy if they don't shoot piles and if you're not happy if you don't shoot, shoot piles then what you're going to be doing is you're going to be extending your extending your range taking unethical shots and that creates a whole problem um, with social media so what do you think about that uh yeah I agree with that um you know I I don't mind seeing the pile here or there uh, oh I don't either yeah yeah um uh, but yeah, I can see how that definitely can create like, uh, just a bad perspective for hunters um, where you're not happy unless you're shooting limits. And uh, it's just about so much more than that. And, um, you know, that's where I really enjoy some of your videos that, uh, you know, you show it how it is. Um, and I don't necessarily put videos where I don't get anything because I have a hard time making them interesting. But, you know, well, you don't have Dan and Fumbles around. That's why. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I don't have, uh, you know, any uh, dog food to give to anybody to eat. And <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not against pop. I mean, when I shoot a limit, you're going to see a picture of it. But if you watch the full body of my work, the last thing you would ever say about our group is we're kill dependent hunters. I mean, you're, you just, cause we, we, I mean, man, if I can go out and shoot a couple birds each, we have a blast. But, Mm -hmm. um, so if you have a social media presence, you want to make sure that it's well-rounded, that no one gets the impression, number one, that you're limiting out every time because you don't. And number two, you want to make sure a lot of um, what you're doing is to talk about um, the proper way to go about hunting and the ethics so that no one gets the idea that that's what it's all about. Because that's a bad that, that's a bad mindset for um, youth to come into that. It's all about the limit. Yeah. So, I what guess else so. we got? Um, hmm. That's two two negatives right off right off the bat. And. A positive what else um people sharing spots i guess one thing that i've been heavily criticized for on the on the um, local forums yeah is that youtube videos is especially when you're letting people what's know what state you're in that people are identifying it and it's it's adding to the overcrowding and and that that type that of actually, i think is weak criticism but yeah i actually had um i didn't respond to it but uh, I don't know, assuming he watches our stuff somewhere. I can't remember his name now, but somebody sent me a message on Instagram and he's like, you know, like your stuff is great. Um, but do you really feel the need to have a YouTube channel and a podcast because there's so much overcrowding? Pretty much he's saying that I'm, I'm causing overcrowding of hunting spots. And, um, but the thing about that is the data doesn't support that. Um, you know, hunters are in a decline. They're the lowest they've been. And I think that hunter recruitment is uh, a very important thing. And like, it is somewhat counterintuitive because you don't want people in your spots. Kind of like people are saying in the forums, like, oh, if you show the spots, like people are going to, 
you know, want to come out to your spot. And I mean, you do have to worry about that somewhat because you don't want everybody in your favorite pool. Um, but, but as far as like hunter recruitment, like I think that, you know, that is a positive for social media that we are bringing more people to the sport. Um, you know, hopefully introducing new people cause I'm, I'm new to the sport and I'm glad that I, I got introduced to the sport through, you know, largely through social media. Um, and I do think that's a great positive because one, we do have to support the numbers of hunters because we, we live in a democracy and hunting isn't guaranteed. Um, you look at like other countries, I mean, forbid it ever happened, but like England, you can't hunt there. Like it's just a foreign concept to them. And it's been that way. I don't even know. I think it's been that way since like the 1600s, 1500s where only rich people could hunt, but everybody in America has the ability to hunt. And, uh, but like I said, that's not a right. Um, I mean, I guess that's, that's a weird way of saying it. It's not like, I don't think it's protected by the bill of rights or anything like that. So, um, you know, when it comes to voting, we do need to have a significant number and obviously not everybody can hunt because again, our country can't support a hundred percent of people hunting, but you know, it's a, it's a small percentage of people that hunt. And I don't think that, um, having more people in that small percentage is going to do anything but good. And I, I find it hard to believe that it really produces a lot more hunters. I mean, because why are you watching, why are you watching my videos if you're not already interested in it? So um, you're kind of leaning in that direction anyway. And I, I, I don't, I, duck hunters are traditionally very, very secretive individuals yeah. and they don't want to share and you've got to protect, you've got to protect what's yours. So I think especially when guys that are 55 plus and they see, they maybe recognize a spot on a video that they've hunted in the past. I think it just, it scares them and they see this big push of, I don't know if it's numbers, but they see this push of younger early twenties guys that don't have much ethics. And I think, I think it scares them a little bit, but I, I don't think I'm with you. The, the numbers don't, um, show that we're actually hunters are declining, not, not increasing for sure. Yeah. And I think that's another, another one, uh, um, high Prairie sportsman and somewhere in Wisconsin, we're bringing up negative comments. Someone else said JM um, negative comments. That's another for sure. Negative of social media is all the trolls and all the bickering. If you go on any kind of state forum or, I mean, it's just unbelievable how catty, and negative that people are on on those platforms and i think that's a real bad look for hunting as well yeah i mean but that's a problem with everywhere that's like a problem with the internet (laughs) yeah and people uh the the distance you have and not having the face-to-face confrontation like there's no way that 99 percent of those people would say that to someone's face like all the negative comments that's just and the way it comes across too in messages and comments um, you know, without, uh, being able to see people's facial expressions and, and their tone and all that, it, you almost like default people take it as like an attack when, um, it's not necessarily, or maybe it is, and maybe these people are being jerks. I think it's some of both, you know, but that's not yeah. how traditional communication is. So people have a harder time with that. Um, you know, communicating in a civil way and people taking it, you know, so yeah. It's hard, man. It is so when you're dealing with text and emojis have helped some because I mean, that's <laughs> the point of emojis is to yep. get across emotion. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to portray because I don't know if you've ever had any kind of quarrel with your wife via text or email. <laughs> That's danger zone, man. You <laughs> never, ever want to try to have any kind of conflict with a loved one via text. And then so now we're expecting to have rational um, disagreements via text online with people we don't know. Well, I'm guarantee you I'm going to be careful about every single word I send to my wife. But, you know, some schmo I don't know and I'm never going to see, man, you can just fire away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you got to be careful. You got to be careful. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, I mean, there's some good ones out there, some good forums to be a part of where that's not, you know, part of it. Um, that's kind of like we have ours too, uh, the Fellowship of the Duck Gun, where we try to monitor it. And, I mean, honestly, everybody we have in there, though, is people that come straight from our channels and from the podcast. Mm-hmm. We've literally had zero people uh, be a problem, <laughs> but it's just so yeah. it, it's so small. I think when it gets bigger, you know, you have those problems. But yeah, well, and I'm, my my feeling on any social media is if you don't have a few trolls, you're doing something wrong, because <laughs> ultimately you want to polarize people at least a little bit. Um, so like if you, I don't know if you watched the video where I got in that confrontation in the marsh, I have two of them, one where I was lost my cool and was yelling at guys for sky busting. And then, uh, I, and I got a lot of, um, flack on some of those, but it's, it's the beginning of like a polarization with my community of here's how we feel like duck hunting should be done ethically. And mm-hmm. if you don't feel this way, you may leave a negative comment and that's good. So I, th- I think that sometimes with your social media, if you're not getting a few, a few trolls here and there, you should be worried. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's a little different than trolls. What you're saying there is like people yeah. starting a, a conversation that needs to be had where people are saying, you know, no sky busting is fine. You're like, no, it's not. Um, Cause it's unethical. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, an, that's another really, you know, as far as to the guy that, sent that comment to you and it looks like he sent it to somewhere in Wisconsin about why do you need a podcast and why do you, need, you know, th- there's, uh, there's a lot of hunters that don't do it quote unquote the right way. They, they sky bust, they um, leave trash out in the blinds. It's unbelievable. There's in some places in Kansas where guys leave so much trash that on state website, they're like, pick up your trash. I mean, it's a real problem. So there's so yeah, many people that, that. that don't do it um, in an ethical way that people like you, man, I want you shouting from a mountaintop everywhere you go because we've got to get a tide moving the right way um, as far as, okay, this is how you do it. You respect what you hunt. You clean up your trash. You don't shoot too far. You know, you don't crowd in on other people. And we, we need as many of those people as we can. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree because, I mean, you'd be probably surprised like how much I've learned just from like, um, social media and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, people are going to pick up on it and whether it's a channel or uh, Instagram page that's showing the right way or the wrong way, I mean, people are going to learn from that nowadays. Um, cause for me, I really didn't have like, um, a mentor when it comes to duck hunting. Like, uh, you know, I went with my buddy here and there, but it was mostly, I was going by myself. I was learning, you know, as I went. And like I said, um, like the first time I went, I got done. Like I had no, I had no perspective of the distance I was shooting and I got done <laughs> and I went up to the boat launch and I had to ask somebody, uh, I'm like, um, you know, cause I'd shot and I didn't know, like, I was like, why, why didn't the bird fall? You know, like, um, and I, I asked the guy at the boat launch, um, 
I'm like, how far of a shot would you take on a duck? And like, I'm standing there, I'm like pointing to trees, like, you know, is that one too far? Is that one too far? It's like, whoa, you know, like, I'm like, oops, you know, but like, you have no idea. And so, um, if you don't have a mentor when it comes to that. And so I think the more and more like, uh, the hunting goes nowadays and two with you're saying the influx of 20 year olds hunting, and I'm, I'm not sure about the numbers as well on that, but if that is a, a legitimate fact or a legitimate statistic, then uh, more and more, we're going to see hunters learning from social media, whether it's good or bad. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, if you have a social media presence, definitely it's your responsibility to try to spread the proper way, proper way to go about it. Yeah. And there's just too many people out there that are doing the opposite. Mm. Yeah. That can... is certainly negative. Yeah. And, and too, like, uh, I mean, it depends on your upbringing somewhat too. And so, um, you know, I consider that I have, I had a good upbringing, um, but I mean, that can sway you one way or the other, uh, as far as how you're going to hunt and how your ethics are going to be. I mean, if you're an unethical person in life, you're going to be an unethical person when you hunt. Um, yeah. and I think you nailed it earlier though, as some people are just unethical, the people that are leaving trash, that's just unethical morons. But when it comes to how we treat game, I think sometimes it's just a learning process. Like you said, I mean, you were actually asking people and I had the pleasure of um, basically coaching Dan through his first two years. And then um, this year was actually golden boys only second year of waterfowl hunting. So they, I, I hunted with him a ton, half of his first year and his second year. And there we have had to have so many conversations about, no, don't, don't shoot that one. Let it pass. Let's get it closer. You yeah. know, where if, if my dad and I weren't around, they would have been shooting mm-hmm. much too far shots. And it's not because they're necessarily unethical. It's just some people don't take the chance to, it's like, let those birds swing around. Oh, look, we just killed them at 10 yards. You know, we, yeah. we, we passed up a shot at 40 and we just killed them at 10 and, and look how cleanly we killed them and look how fun that was to, to, to shoot them at that distance. And, and so having someone to coach you through it makes a huge difference. It's yeah. a huge difference. And, and we kinda, can be that. We can be that coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That That is why you need to be, you know, responsible with all the posts and the videos and stuff. Uh, that that does remind me kind of of, uh, you know, something I, I did when I went with my buddy, he did coach me along some of those lines because even like he like seeing the trees and like, you know, this guy trying to help me out with the distance of, you know, how far it is if you're sky busting, <laughs> um, you know, then going with my buddy too you know, I'd reeled it in. He's still like, no, that's that's too far. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they're probably like 50 yards flying straight over overhead. I'm like, <laughs> are we going to take him? You know, your first year, you're kind of not used to all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fumble says I've done a good job with, yeah, Dan, we've done such a good job with Dan that he's been passing on close shots. Like in one of the goose videos, uh, uh, Dan was up over an ice hole and Aiden and I were back because we were doing one man in, two men out because we couldn't get hidden enough. And there was one goose that was just hovering over him and Aiden and I were wanting our turn. And we're like, finally, I I didn't, I didn't put it on video because I felt kind of (laughs) bad, but I I literally screamed, shoot it. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Over trained. He, yeah, well, it landed and then he uh, sluiced it on the water and then he got all these negative remarks about how unethical he was to sluice it on the water. I was like, <laughs> he was passing up 25 yard shots. I don't think <laughs> ethics is a big problem. 
Yeah. Well, that reminds me of uh, actually another comment I got recently where it's um, it was another YouTuber and a YouTuber. I don't know how well known he is, and then, uh, but I like him. Uh, but he was saying that it's unethical to water swat as well. And it was the same, it was the cold front thunder video where we, we kind of water swatted a lot in that one. Um, but <laughs> all you uh, have to do to erase that argument is ask this. Why? Well, he, he did, he did bring up some he, things actually for the first up? time. He said that it is harder to shoot a duck in the head on the water. That's what he said. No BS. <laughs> His head's right there. Yeah. How is yeah. it harder? It's, I, t- it's right. I told him I never had um uh and I never had an issue hitting him on the water. And why would its head be harder? And you don't have to shoot a duck in the head anyway. I think he was saying it's lower to the water, but That's dumb. Yeah. I don't know. This guy though is like I respect him somewhat. Um uh, because he is the best shot I've ever seen on YouTube. Literally the mm-hmm. best shot by far. Um he doesn't miss. I'm not, I'm not even lying. He, this guy, I'll tell you, I'll tell you his name afterwards, but I okay. don't, I don't want to like bad mouth him because I, I respect him. And, uh, you know, but yeah, he, he was giving me a little bit of a hard time on that, um, with the water swatting. Um, I, I put out a video about specifically about water swatting and, um, what my thoughts on it were. And, um, I, I have never heard an intelligent argument as to why it's not ethical. I've heard an argument as to why it's not sporting. Yeah. yeah. But as far as not being ethical, <laughs> uh, now now a goose on the water is different because their wings are so tough. Um, and I've seen, I've got slow-mo of Aiden just drilling a goose along the back and it just flies off. I think sometimes those wings are a little hard to penetrate on a goose. Well, have you like, uh, uh, but as far as a duck. Have you cut them open late season? Well, obviously, if you've harvested them late season, like sometimes their fat pad is a quarter inch to half inch thick. Yeah. Which is insane. And that it just bounces off of them. If yeah. you're hitting them in the wings, it's not going through the wings. I don't the... see any reason to water swat a goose just because they're so slow getting off the water. It's so much more fun shooting them getting off the water. And I think that it's an easier kill as their breast is exposed and their wings are up. See, in that video, we did water swat a couple groups of geese. and uh, But, again, like I think we killed nearly every single one. Um, but, yeah. I will water swat teal in the early season because, for some reason, I cannot hit a fleshing teal off the water. I just mm. can't hit them. I don't know why. I think maybe I overlead them. And I will, <laughs> I will water swat mallards when they land at 40 yards. And mm. because well, if they flush, then it's going to be too far. And I've had great success killing them on the water at that range. Um, but I, I will not typically um, water swat dabblers later season. Now, I occasionally will, but um, inside of 40, I don't see, or you know, probably inside of 35, I don't see yeah. a reason. No, to. it's not like I go out of my way to water swat, but usually it's like you're saying, they landed out of range and they're swimming in or something like that. <clears throat> yeah. Which, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, maybe you let them uh, kind of uh, jump off the water or something. Like, I'm not opposed to doing that, but I'm not opposed to water swatting either. If the guy calling the shot wants to water swat, you know, I mean, I guess you could wait till they, they flush off if every, everybody else is going to shoot right then. Um, you know, but again, like, I don't think it's unethical to shoot them on the water. And now we're no, kind of getting a, a little bit, uh, I think we've strayed away a little bit from the social media no, and yeah. and a little bit on the <laughs> ethics. <laughs> yeah. 
But they're, I mean, they're we're going to have same. a whole podcast on ethics, so I can't. We're, let's have a whole podcast where we can hit all these topics. We can hit sky busting, water swatting, yeah, um, setting up too close, just crowding at the boat ramp. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the most unethical thing that you can do in hunting though is eat some Chef Boyardee. You know, dipping your duck in the that. Most just unethical. <laughs> yeah, unethical as you can get. <laughs> You know, people have me pretty much convinced that it because when I eat the Chef Boyardee or uh, when we uh, make a fire on the duck hunt, I, we always just put the can right in the fire and heat it that way. And people pretty much have me convinced that that is a quick way to get cancer. Because What's there's a, in the can? Well, there's a liner along the inside, mm-hmm. and I think it's plastic-based. Mm. So when you heat that up, um, <laughs> it's something about heating up plastic. It's like if you make a, a plastic fire – and um, in fact, if you want to see a cool documentary, it's called Plastic Ocean. It's on Netflix. And in a lot of these third world company, countries, they're burning a lot of plastic and stuff for their fires that they're cooking on. And inhaling that smoke is giving them a lot of cancer and causing them a lot of problems. Oh, wow. I think it's essentially similar to that, that you're heating up that inner lining of um, some type of plastic. BPA, yep. And, um, and, and in digesting that, um, those chemicals is not a good not a good idea mm. huh hadn't heard so, of that but i mean it makes it's unethical sense. you're right unethical. <laughs> but it sucks because i don't want to bring containers i want to eat it right out of can mm. yeah that's the best way you just have to bring, bring like a uh cast iron skillet or something yeah i know I'm... don't bring like a non-stick that reminds me of uh <laughs> so um one of the ways <laughs> I, I i tried to make my duck this was the first year i hunted a couple years ago and um you know, cut up the duck in tiny strips. And then I, I don't have a smoker, right? So I went on Pinterest and like looked up like the way you make your own smoker. And I bought an aluminum trash can. I bought like a, a little, uh, countertop, um, stove, like electric stove thing. Now you're thinking like Dan. <laughs> then I got, um, a nonstick bread pan and put water in it and put the chips in it, right? Because that's going to make it smoke. And, and then you close the lid on the trash can and drilled holes in that and put like a Weber grill. I put two two of the <laughs> the grids in there in the trash can um, so then I could smoke my, my duck. So anyways, um, did that, but I couldn't get it hot enough. I couldn't keep it up to temp because it's winter, right? So then I took the liner that you put around like a, a water heater, I think, yeah. Um, one of those liner things <laughs> still couldn't get it hot enough. So I had to take apart the, the, um, stove, the countertop, the countertop stove and take apart the sensor so that it would get hot enough. Cause it'd get hot and it'd get temperature and then it, it'd turn off. Right. And so I needed, you know, my smoker to get up to like one thirty or whatever to smoke the duck efficiently. Anyways. Um, so I took out the sensor, thought I had the problem fixed cause now I could get it up to temp, but I ended up melting or not melting, but I did something where with the nonstick bread pan got so hot that like the nonstick chemicals were like infused into <laughs> like all the meat that I had in, in there. And I, oh. actually, I had like ribs and like macaroni and cheese that I was smoking in there. I'd already done the duck and that uh-huh. actually <laughs> turned out okay. Did yeah, I, I did. Um, <laughs> but then the ribs, cause I got it so hot when I did the ribs and macaroni that, uh-huh. uh, it was literally infused into it and um you know we tried to eat it but we couldn't it was so bad it tasted like non-stick you know ribs and macaroni and my wife actually ate more than me because she's like man this is so good but it's so not at the same time but the um you know a couple times afterwards we burped 
and talk about the worst. <laughs> like you're like, we did something wrong. Like <laughs> what you did wrong was try to turn a trash can into a smoker. Yeah, yeah. So I never used it since. What is it? A fresh trash can or a used? Trash no, no. I went and bought it at Big R or no, uh, uh, Menards. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Anyways, that's off topic. I don't even know where we're at anymore. Well, so I think that our final, uh, my final thoughts on social media are that I love it. I love using it, but with it, especially as you get a following, you need to be responsible and thoughtful about um, what message you're trying to push and who else might be seeing your content and what they might be able to do with it that might would negatively impact the sport. Yeah. Yeah, I'm along the same lines. It's uh, you know, an amazing thing. We just have to make sure that the same way that we are with hunting, we have to be good stewards of hunting. We have to be good stewards of what we what we put on social media. You know, good ambassadors for the sport. And you know, I think that's you know everybody's responsibility, <clears throat> not not just content creators, but anybody who's posting it because uh, any post can be seen by anybody, and anything you put on the internet is forever. Well said. All right. I guess that wraps up our conversation on social media. Um, I guess a couple quick reminders, guys. Uh, We got a Facebook group, and I think most of you guys are in there. So if you guys want to join, it's Fellowship of the Duck Gun. Um, It's not really that happening right now. You know, we're still having a little bit of conversations here there. It'll definitely be more busy when we got the season going on and we got more stuff to post in there. But, you know, here or there, people are posting, so... You know, thanks everybody for posting in there and yeah, and it's going to heat up for sure. So if you're if you're listening to this, get out there and um, get signed up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Next week we got uh, questions. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Go uh, go ahead with questions, guys. If you got any, next week we got um, sixty day TV coming on. Um, we'll be back on my channel. Yep. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. And yeah. Well, I don't think we have any questions. Doesn't look like that. Final call and questions. Yep. I do. You do a pretty good job of uh, looking at chat while we're going. I can't concentrate on talking, thinking about what the conversation is and, and looking at chat. I have a hard yeah. time going with too many things. Yeah. Yeah. I try to keep, I try to keep up on what people are talking about. Any big plans of summer related to ducks somewhere in Wisconsin wants to know. Uh, you want to go you ahead with plans, yours, duck plans? Um, uh, well, number one, um, I got to get corn convinced to buy an H 12 because his layout skills are lacking. And when we go hunt those prairie marshes, it's always a, a, uh, trying to get him covered enough is always an issue. So that's number one. But I, I'm going to re uh, my my number one goal is number one, get those decoys um, from White Rock and get all those organized. But I'm going to um, reinforce my layout blind with Raffia. Um, I'm going to double or triple the, the amount of Raffia that I have on there and maybe mud it in a little bit more. Um, that's That's that and get the decoys ready. Yeah, I mean, that that's the duck stuff. I got all sorts of, like, videoing stuff in the works, like new video camera and and that kind of stuff. But nice. that's just for the waterfowling. Yeah. 
I guess my plans, I, I think I want to do some camo on my canoe. I mean, I don't think it's necessary, but I think it might be cool. You know, just buy one of those little templates and some spray paint, something like that. Um, you know, I don't really have a lot of plans. I want, um, you know, I want to try to see if my dad will come for duck hunting. You know, he got a little taste of hunting with uh, the turkey hunting. And he's hunted before, but, you know, it'd be cool to have him along duck hunting here or there as well. Um you know, and I want to go on an early teal hunt, kind of like uh, go in southern Indiana. I think they got a little bit better teal down there from what I've heard. Um, so I might take a camping trip in September, but that's a ways off. We still got a ways off. And uh, you, um, High Prairie Sportsman was saying, uh, how do we handle duck depression? Um, right you know, here. I thought, I thought uh, yeah, right here. That's a good one. <laughs> the podcast. It does keep us in our, like, it, it keeps me as um, kind of tuned into the duck hunting, uh, a lot. Um, you know, I thought the turkey hunting would help with the duck depression, but you know, I think it's just made it worse. It made it worse for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just get out there and, um, you know, it's kind of like you're saying, you just see him flushing in the puddles. Like, you know, I'll be standing out there. Um, me and my dad were out there scouting and I'm like looking over at this pond. I'm like, Oh man, feet down, like watching it, you know? (laughs) And, uh, Yeah. So Fumbles wants to know how far away your dad lives from you. My dad lives about 15, 20 minutes. So not very far. What, what's the chance of you getting down to Kansas this fall? Would you ever be able to do that? Maybe. Yeah. You got an open invite, man. All right. Yeah. Um, about to make something happen. November, December, November, December, January. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you bring your wife down. You guys can stay at the house. And our wives could wife it up. Might be a little bit much trip for the baby, though. Oh, yeah. Well, you're always welcome. It'd be cool. Awesome. I had a blast hunting with um, uh, Drake and Clayton GT Outdoors. That was, that was a lot of fun. We didn't have that great a hunt. We were pounding limits for two weeks, and then they showed up right as it went cold. <laughs> that's but it was that's fun. the way it works, yeah. It was a good time. Thanks for listening to another well, episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. Two quick reminders for you guys. If you could do us a huge favor yep. and yep, go All right, drop guys, us a review on us. the uh, iTunes. That's all we got for tonight. Um, it helps us out a ton, and it only takes about 10, 15 guys. seconds. Appreciate it. And check us out right, on the Fellowship of the Duck Gun, our Facebook closed group page. And uh, that's all we got for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Let's go.